Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina is consistently named one of the fastest growing areas in the country and one of the best areas for families. We cover everything real estate, recreation, restaurants, and just what makes Raleigh-Durham a great place to live. This is the RDU Buzz Podcast. All right. It is Thursday, 7 p.m., and we are live for our very first RDU Buzz. I am incredibly excited for this. This is something that I'm going to take these off. This is something that Cindy and I have wanted to do for a really long time, and life gets busy. So uh, we are just now rolling this out. If you are joining us live or you're watching this in uh, the future, make sure to comment below where you are watching from. I'd love to know. That's going to help us curate content as we continue to do these. We want to do shows that resonate with the viewers and uh, provide the most value as possible to y'all. So we do have a pretty loaded uh, agenda tonight. We're going to be talking about the different updates going on in downtown Raleigh. There was a meeting about a month ago that we're going to go over, uh, look at those updates going on. We're going to talk about tropical storms. That is one of the biggest topics or questions we get about the area. What about hurricanes? Does North Carolina have hurricanes? What do you do about them? So we're going to go over that. Uh, we're going to be talking about Torchy's Tacos, which is a new restaurant that just opened in Wake Forest. There is one in Raleigh. We're going to dig in to that. So we've got a whole host of topics we're going to be talking about today. We're going to dig into the housing market data at the very end of the call as well. But so I'm going to share the screen. I am still learning these platforms. So I'll share these screen here. Here we go. All right. So our very first topic of the night is the Downtown Raleigh Alliance. So this is a nonprofit organization that is in Raleigh and their goal, I'm just going to summarize their, 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 their mission, but essentially their mission is to build up Raleigh. So Downtown Raleigh, their, their focus is that. And so they had a meeting a couple I think it was about a month ago, really. And the public can attend this meeting. Um, I did not, which which honestly, I regret not going. Um, this is a meeting that I think would be worthwhile attending in the future. Um, but it's, it's really fascinating. So they put out a, um, a report, which we'll get to in a second. But there's this article in WRL, which is a local news source here. And King, who is their uh, CEO, actually had a really interesting quote. He said, the biggest shift underway, talking about downtown Raleigh development, the biggest shift underway is the continued addition of urban residential, uh, further remaking our downtown into dense, walkable neighborhoods. So there's a couple of things about this. If if when, when we're talking to people about the triangle in general, you know, folks who are moving from, let's say, the Northeast or the Midwest, where, you know, densely populated urban areas are common. When we're talking to people who are moving from those areas about Raleigh, I always have to preface about this area. You know, it is not a densely populated area. And so what you get is not a lot of the benefits per se of like a densely populated residential area where you can walk to your local coffee shop. You know, you sleep in one place, you can walk outside, you can walk to your local coffee shop, you can walk to your favorite lunch spot, 
you don't really get that in Raleigh. And so the goal of this downtown Raleigh Alliance is to help foster a more densely populated urban environment. And so they actually, they put out this really helpful chart, I thought, or, or map, I should say. So the red is what is coming between now and 2028. The yellow here is what is currently under construction. So the red is not under construction. The yellow is the blue is what already has come since since they've been dumping a lot of money into downtown Raleigh. So you can tell, I mean, there's there's a significant amount coming to downtown Raleigh over the next several years. But in the report, it, it lists out what has come, what is under construction, and what is planned. And one thing that really piqued my interest was you've got the hotel pipeline and you've got the residential pipeline. So looking at the hotel pipeline, I mean, they're they're putting up almost 1,800 units. The residential pipeline, you've almost got 7,000 units. So there's a significant amount of growth coming downtown Raleigh. And when you, when you think about this area in general growing, so I'm a big fan of the triangle growing into a more densely populated urban center. So a lot of the growth that we're experiencing is on the edges of the triangle, right? So you've got places like Fuquay that are really exploding new construction wise. You've got places like Clayton that are exploding new construction wise. Um, you've got places like Nightdale and Wendell on the east side of the triangle, um, Zebulon that are exploding new construction wise. But if we're going to meet the demand of the future, so to speak, we're going to have to become a more densely populated area so especially in the urban centers and so th this is this is what's going to have to happen um and so i think i think this kind of development to meet that not just from a, a residential side but we'll see in a second just from a commercial side as well to meet that demand is really good so this chart is incredible so you're looking at 2023 right now Roughly eleven thousand residents by twenty twenty eight, twenty two, almost twenty three thousand residents are projected to be in downtown Raleigh. That's a that's doubling in five years, which is just crazy. So, kind of going back to this, I mean, you've got to build that much if that's the projection. You've got to build that much, and that's what they're doing. So, I thought that was pretty interesting. So, this down here. The two, the two grocery stores. That's what kind of caught my eye. Because one, one thing, you know, when when I look like like a downtown Durham is is a great example of this, where you have a ton of condos going up in downtown Durham, but you don't necessarily have grocery stores. You have one little local uh, grocery store, which is great. But if if we're going to become a more densely populated area, stuff like grocery stores are going to be a requirement. So. I thought that was really interesting. They threw that in there. Um, green space in Raleigh. So this is actually really fascinating. When you're looking at this chart that they put together, Raleigh is third on this list of acres of green space within one mile of downtown. So I think the two cities that were ahead of it, Austin, Texas was ahead of it, and then Dallas, Texas. But Raleigh has 760 acres of green space. Now, a lot of that is going to be Dorothea Dix Park, um, I'm assuming it is, which is a really large park in, in downtown Raleigh, it's about 300 acres. Um, 
And it's also going over some pretty significant changes for the future. This Gibson play area here. And, and by the way, a lot of these, um, all of these links, I'm going to put into the body of this video so y'all can click on it. And that way you can um, you can check it out on your own time. But this Gibson play plaza is unbelievable. I clicked on, um, I'll just click on it now since, since we're live and y'all can see my screen. Um, but this thing looks incredible. I was looking through some of the photos. Our kids, I mean, gosh, my kids would just absolutely love that. But this park is downtown Raleigh and it's going through changes and developments um, to make it better. But part of that, you know, 700 and some acres downtown Raleigh is, I'm assuming, Dorothy Dix Park because it's such a large park. But in general, I mean, Raleigh, Raleigh, you know, <laughs> it packs a good punch when it comes to how much acreage of green space is within one mile of downtown. I think that's that's pretty cool. But all this in general, I mean, when I think of when I think of the growth in this area, I mean, I I, I do the the urban centers, Durham, Raleigh, are going to have to become more densely populated. And so we've we've got to build for that. We got to prepare for that. Um, and so I think you know, seeing what is happening is 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 good. So. Downtown Raleigh Alliance. I think that's a really, it's a really neat. Um, it was a really neat meeting. I wish, I wish I would have gone to it, but the report is really, really, really incredible. So again, I'll put a link down below to that report um, that you can check out. So <clears throat> moving on to the next topic. So we had a we had a tropical storm come through. I think it was last week. Um, came through the area. Had had a little bit of rain. A little bit of. Um, a little bit of wind, no, nothing crazy, but we get we get questions a lot with folks. I think you know maybe they're moving from an area where um, you know natural disasters are common, or um, uh, or maybe they're trying trying to move away from that, and they're making sure you know the triangle does not have that. So I I, I pulled this article up. I thought it, I thought it was really really fascinating. It was the top hurricanes um, that had hit the area, and it had a um, I had a rain chart on here that I was going to show y'all. Um, this is it right here. So this was with Hurricane Florence, which landed in 2018. So obviously, the triangle is not on the coast, right? So it's not like living in Florida or living at the beach. We're nowhere. I mean, we're we're two, two and a half hours from the beach. Um but it's a good ways away. And it's far enough away that if a hurricane does make landfall, that by the time it reaches here, it's typically a tropical storm. Maybe it's a category one. Um, but we don't get hit with hurricanes like Florida does, um, at least this far inland, right? And so I thought this chart was was really helpful. When you look at Raleigh with Hurricane Florence, you know, you're talking you're talking in some areas four, four to eight inches, which which is a significant amount of rain. Um, but all, all this to say, I mean, this is, this is a pretty rare event. Um, and it's something that, you know, if, if I was moving to North Carolina, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be concerned about now, if you're living at the coast, right. That's a, that's a completely different story. Um, your, your level of preparation is probably going to be completely different than if you live in like a Raleigh or even a Charlotte. Um, it's just not, they're just, they're just far enough inland that the risk of that type of event is is very small but you know 
I mean, there is a chance, you know, a tropical storm comes in. I mean, a tropical storm can still dump a significant amount of water over the area. And, and we have enough trees, you know, that enough waterfalls um, and enough wind hits those, you know, trees that have the roots saturated that, you know, power outages are, are, are a real thing. But um, it's not something that I would be overly concerned about when, when, when considering the area. I'll be honest, our severe storms in the summer are typically worse than what you would experience, I think, with 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 the hurricane coming into the area. So definitely not anything to be concerned about. Um, Torchies Tacos. So I had no idea this was such a big hit. Um, so in 2021, Torchies opened up their very first location in Raleigh. It was actually anchored by a Wegmans, just like the one in Wake Forest is anchored by Wegmans. And it opened, apparently, I, I must have been living on a rock because I don't remember any of this, but it opened, and I love tacos, um, but it opened to uh, crowds of, um, according to this article, um, folks who relocated from Texas, because this is uh, a restaurant uh, based out of Texas, I think it's Austin, um, to just lines out the door for weeks and weeks. And so anyway, there was one that opened in, um, in Wake Forest last week and it's right across the street from a Wegmans as well. So apparently they like to be in close proximity to Wegmans. But, uh, we went there, uh, this week actually and ate one of the agents on our team, um, Emily, she moved from Texas and obviously it's a really big deal down there. So we went and ate with her um, and it was absolutely incredible. So we're going to try to highlight a restaurant on each one of these calls through the week um, and every single week. And so um, Torchies is top of the list. I, I love tacos. Now, these tacos are like, um, they're not like your tacos you would get at like a food truck or something, you know, that um, like a, like a street taco. They're, they're not that it's, it's like a flour tortilla and, but the queso and the tacos, it was absolutely outstanding. So if you're in the Wake Forest area, definitely check out, uh, Torchy's tacos. There's also one, um, there's the one in Raleigh as well. That's near the, 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 the Wegmans in Raleigh. So definitely, definitely worth checking out. So, um, but yeah, so that's our restaurant highlight of the night is, Torchies. So I wanted to, I, I saw an article in the Charlotte Observer. It was talking about airport satisfaction ratings. And I thought it was really unique. So Raleigh is considered a large airport and they were ranked the fifth airport, the fifth best airport, according to this survey. And honestly, I could see that being the case. So I don't, I mean, Cindy and I, we don't travel a ton, um, but I feel like I've traveled enough that I kind of know what most of the general airports are like. And Raleigh's airport is really, really, really good, I think, compared to others, um, especially if you're flying like a Southwest that has like basically its own terminal. Security lines are never long. Um it's just, it's really amazing. If you fly Southwest out of Raleigh, it is incredible. Um, the other terminal, the houses like Delta, American, United, it can get a little busier, but it's still not bad. Um, and so if you travel a lot for your job and Raleigh is on the list of potential places to go, the airport's 
really good compared to what you can end up with with um different locations actually you know it 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 was comparing raleigh the article was it was comparing raleigh to charlotte because it was the, the the article was written in the charlotte observer and they actually this study it broke down the airports into different categories based on size. You have mega airports, which is what Charlotte was considered. Then you have large airports, which is the category that Raleigh fell into. But Charlotte was like dead center of the mega list right down here. And I can attest that if you if you have ever flown into Charlotte, it is brutal when you get off the plane. I mean, you're just met with like a mob of people look like they're about to, about to run you over. So if you fly um, like American Airlines, right? American Airlines out of Raleigh, will connect into Charlotte quite often just because Charlotte's a large hub for American. And it's just a completely different feel. So if you are, if you're moving to an area and like you travel a lot for work and you don't want a crazy busy airport, Raleigh, Raleigh is really good. Um, a couple of the airports on here, Tampa, Tampa topped it, which, you know, I've flown into Tampa quite a bit and that is a good, that is a good airport. So I could, I could see that. But anyway, Raleigh airport, I, I mean, it's it's weird to say you love an airport, but it it really is. It's really a good. It's a good airport, um, and this study kind of kind of attests to that. So, um, so moving on to the next topic. So this is somewhat of a controversial subject, but we get a lot of folks who uh, reach out to us who are moving into the area. They got kids. Schools are a big big deal to them. Um, the North Carolina General Assembly just passed a budget and North Carolina will become the 10th state in the nation, according to this, um, this article in News and Observer, um, to offer taxpayer funded universal school choice to attend private schools. So essentially what that means is is um, school vouchers to attend private schools. So it's kind of a hot button topic. Um in North Carolina. So I don't, I don't want to dig into that side of it, but I do think this is, I mean, when you're moving to an area, like this is part of the conversation is schools, especially if you have kids. And so this kind of stuff's important to know. Um, and I, the schools in our area are already complicated enough, right? So if you're, if you're, if you're moving in and you've got, you know, kids that, 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 that are going to be going into school, I mean, you know, we've got districted schools, we've got um, charter schools, magnet schools, some of the schools are capped in the area, which means they're too full. So if you move into a district, your kid's not going to go to that school, they're going to go to an overflow school. Um, you know, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. We've got year round schools, we've got uh, schools that follow the traditional schedule. And so this just kind of adds another layer to the complication. Um but it is so essentially what what happened was um, there was a voucher program before this bill was passed, but it was based on um, on income. And I'm trying to get to it's right here. So um, in the previous voucher, a family had to make 200 percent less of the amount needed to qualify for federally subsidized meals to get a voucher. So. Um, according to News and Observer, that was about $111,000 for a family of four. So what this new bill does is it does away with that income requirement, um, which means anyone could qualify for the private school voucher. So um, according to the article, a family of four making less than $55,000 would get a maximum voucher of $7,200, um, $7,213. 
and a family of four making roughly two hundred fifty thousand a year would get a voucher of thirty two hundred, a little over thirty two hundred. So. Anyway, I think it's just really important to know that this exists. So especially for folks who are moving into the area, um, I think, you know, you probably have absolutely no clue that there is a voucher program if you wanted to go that route. So, um, yeah, this bill was, I think it passed um, uh, recently. So anyway, just something worth worth knowing. All right, moving on to housing data. So, um the market right now is really, really interesting. Um, Fortune actually took some of the data from Zillow and put it onto a um, it's a really neat graph here. So um, a lot of Zillow's projections of where the market was going to go as far as what appreciation looked like, they've now downgraded that. Um, and this is the revised version of that. So Raleigh and Carey on here, right at 6%, 5.8% is their projected year-over-year appreciation that we'll see. Um, excuse me, Durham, Chapel Hill, 6.2%. So roughly the same. I mean, there's a 0.4% difference, but nothing nothing crazy. So um, <clears throat> that, I could see that happening, right? That's, that's about what we've, and I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but that's about what we've seen so far this year. So if you're looking at, um, you know, year over year, um, average price points. I mean, this is, you know, we've seen, this is the entire triangle, mind you, this isn't, this isn't just like Raleigh, Cary, Durham. This is some of the far out regions as well. Um, we've seen about 4% growth year over year from September of last year, which was 449,000 to September of this year, which was 467,000. So, all that to say with this Zillow chart, I mean, you know, projecting roughly 6% in the triangle region year over year growth next year. Um, I could see that becoming, becoming a thing. So part of what we're dealing with right now is this right here. And this is what probably all of you are feeling at home. Um, when you're thinking about buying or selling is this seven point seven percent interest rate which is just unbelievably high um i think you know part of the part of the projection is that we will see rates potentially hit eight soon um you know it it, it, it it's fascinating because there were projections that existed just a couple months ago um from organizations like fannie mae um Mortgage Bankers Association, you know, not small entities, not entities who are brand new at projecting this kind of stuff, but but folks who do this for a living. Um, and the expectation was quarter one, quarter two, we would see rates dip back into the fives. I think a lot of that expectation is completely gone out the window at this point. So I, I think what we're kind of settling into right now is that rates are going to be not just the Fed rates, but mortgage as well are going to be higher for longer than anyone anticipated. Um, so that's a new reality of of the market. Um, and we see it here, right? We, we, we see it. We see it in terms of buyer demand. We see it in terms of um, days on market. Um, I mean, just looking, just looking at you know, days on market, 
go to the monthly, go to the average, right? I mean, 16 days on market is where, is where we're at right now. So this is obviously MLS wide, triangle wide. So it's pulling in a lot of different areas um, outside of just Raleigh and Durham and Chapel Hill. But one bright spot in the market, I guess, I guess you'd call it a bright spot, is inventory. Um, inventory is ticking up. We're at two two months worth of supply right now. Um, I mean, if you back this, if you back this graph out five years, actually, let's go a little further. So, you know, this is obviously 2016, 2017, 2018 in this area. You know, we're hovering, you know, two and a half, right at three three months worth of inventory, which is still historically um, on the lower end. But, um, you know, two, you know, we, we, we've, I mean, this is obviously the the COVID market here, um, but we're ticking back up. And so um, that is the bright spot, so to speak. Um, there, there are opportunities for folks who can, who can stomach the rates. Um, but, you know, in general, the housing market right now is, it's tough. Um, it's, it's, it's really tough. And so, um, I think interest rates are something that will continue to be, to be an issue moving forward and ways that we've found, um, that kind of help mitigate some of the interest rate, um, hikes that we, that we've seen, things like new construction. Um, we've had far more clients go the new construction route this year than we have in the past. Um, like far more from like, like four times more than we, than we have in the past. And so a lot of that is builders can offer certain incentives, certain rates that you just, you just can't compete with, right? You can't, um, we just had a buyer go under contract with a builder. It was offering a 6.25, um, conventional rate and a 4.9 FHA rate. I mean, you like on the resale side, you just, you just can't compete with that. And they were offering closing credits on top of that. Um, and so I think in general, you know, when it comes to, <clears throat> when it comes to what you can get in the market right now, um, there's, there's something to be said about, um, the, the new construction option. It may not, it may not be your primary option. Um, it may not be what you what you necessarily want, but the 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 rates on that side are really are really good. So anyway, I think that pretty much does the topics for tonight. Um, again, if you're if you're watching this and you're joining from um, either you're watching live, which um, we do, we have a few folks on here, which is awesome. Um, or you're watching, you know, several weeks from now, uh, put in the comments where you're joining from because that, that that will help us moving forward. This is going to be a weekly thing. We're going to be doing this every single Thursday at 7 p.m., um, except for Thanksgiving. We're not doing it on Thanksgiving. But seriously, every single Thursday, 7 p.m., we're going to be here. We're going to have new topics, new updates on the area. Um, and I would love to know where you're joining from so we can better curate content that fits um, – that fits what you're looking for. And so, um, yeah, but this is awesome. I love it. Um, I love having a, a, an avenue where we can dig into this outside of kind of our normal video route. Um, this kind of gives us a little more freedom to, 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 to dig into some of these area updates I think will be beneficial, not just for folks who are moving here, but also hopefully for, for folks who, who already live here. But 
Again, thanks for joining, and I will see y'all next Thursday.